The following segment is from Monday, Football Monday, on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. But the Atlanta Falcons did it again. Blew a 26-10 lead, not just in general, but to the Chicago Bears. To the Chicago Bears that brought Nick Foles in. This game is dripping with juice. Pete Sweeney. Your thoughts? I know we have a guest, so I just have a couple quick points in this game. Uh, for Atlanta, you got to move on from Dan Quinn. 28-3 to was the world's biggest joke. All right, that's one game. It's the most important game, but it's one game. This entire year has been 28-3. The year of 28-3. It's now synonymous with the organization. They could call themselves the Atlanta 28-3ers, and nobody would blink. For Chicago, how do you manage to go 2-0 with Mitch Trubisky? That was a miracle. An early Christmas present from Santa, if you believe in that kind of stuff. Credit to Matt Nagy for making the call mid-game here after Trubisky basically threw it to Rev Wilson. Don't know if Trubisky thought he was a bear, but was right in the chest, baby. Baited like a 200-pound sea bass. Congrats, Bears. You traded up to a number two selection to take a sea bass. Anyway, the entire energy of the game was different when Foles came in. No surprise, he came in with supreme confidence. 16 of 29 for 188. Three touchdowns to pick. Just like I said with Anthony Lynn a week ago, there is no option to go back to Trubisky. Trubisky might not be a damn backup in this league. Take your 3-0 miracle record and run with Foles. Kissed? I thought this was a bad game from Foles. You wouldn't know that from listening to Philly Radio this morning. (laughs) All the usual suspects are hyping up the man. Because Atlanta can't make a doggone play on defense. He threw about three or four balls that were interceptable, had some terrible passes. But as always, as Foles is wont to do, he'll give his receivers a chance. YOLO balls, supreme confidence, smart at the line, making protection changes that Trubisky never made there. He got the job done. I can't hate him. I just don't think he's a long-term answer. But you do have to stick to Foles! Foles! Ah, there we go. I will, I will say this very briefly. You both mentioned we have a guest. My quick takeaways here uh, should mention that at the time of our recording, it is feared that Tariq Cohen tore his ACL, uh, just oh. just got his big time extension from the Bears. Uh, so obviously, I mean, from a thankful perspective, good for him that he got that done before he got hurt. Uh, Nick Foles did seem to really like him some David Montgomery, if you are into the fantasy thing. Shout out again to uh, to the big swing. Uh, but th- to me, this briefly felt Don't like have the Mark the, the Mark Tressman Bears offense. I watching Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller just to me for a brief moment felt like Brandon Marshall and your boy Alshon Jeffrey Kiss. But um yeah, I, I don't I can't explain this. I really cannot. If 28 to 3 though were a quarterback, it would absolutely be Mitchell Trubisky. Uh but let's go ahead and let's talk about what happened to the Chicago Bears. Michael Kiss sits down with Robert Schmitz from Windy City Gridiron. Here is that interview right now on Monday Football Monday. <laughs> Robert, the big news out of Chicago is that Mitch Trubisky finally got the hook, and now it's Nick Foles' turn at the wheel for the Bears. Starting with Trubisky, it wasn't just the last interception that got him pulled, and yeah, it was awful, but a body of work that left a lot to be desired, uh, because that's a serious choice, pulling your guy when you're 2-0 and at the time, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, what's always been complicated for Trubisky is that there are a lot of quarterbacks I could name Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones out there in the NFL that they'll give you reasons to pull them because they'll turn the ball over like crazy. Mitch has never done that. It's always been more about what he doesn't do, the reads he doesn't make, the sacks he takes with men open downfield, the deep shots that don't connect. And so you could come away from Trubisky's first half. Statistically, I think he still had a 104 passer rating because that's how it works. You're down six points to a team with a terrible passing defense but his quarterback ratings technically good and then that last interception was the final straw for Matt Nagy but I'll be the first to tell you as somebody who has no personal love for Mitch Trubisky's play at quarterback I was shocked they pulled him when they did that was gutsy or crazy but they did come out with the win one way or another so Nick Foles comes in during the third quarter the Bears are down 26 to 10 does some nice mm-hmm. things but you know the, the first drive ends in an interception now having covered the Eagles I know Foles if he sees one-on-one on the outside and he has a guy like Allen Robinson kind of like he did with Alshon Jeffrey before he's gonna throw it up there with no hesitation wasn't a bad mm-hmm. throw right they just kind of jostled for it and it, it initially called the touchdown but but speaking to that style of player the see it trust it throw it kind of guy how does that change the Bears offense uh, aesthetically like the viewing experience but also its impact on what they can achieve as an offense now so it's funny when when you talk about Nick Foles the biggest difference that Bears fans that have really been checked in with what Trubisky does must have noticed is all the words that Foles started using at the line of scrimmage that they've never heard before (laughs) Foles came in and almost immediately we heard danger danger Monday or Sunday Sunday and then he also called something else uh, I think oh Larry which which Trubisky hasn't used since 2018. The point is he was adjusting protection. Nice. I don't think Trubisky's been adjusting protection for a while. It's been primarily the center that's been doing that. So Foles came in and he started managing. You're going to hear that word a lot over the next bunch of weeks, the offense. And like you're saying, my favorite thing about Nick Foles in this is that he has the potential to get out of the way and let Nagy's scheme and the players in the offense determine what happens. That jump ball to Allen Robinson, perfect example. Most of the time as a Chicago Bears fan, you're sitting there hoping Trubisky can get the ball to the receiver so that the receiver can do their job. I thought that full that Foles throw was what I would call almost like a true neutral. It was up to the receiver to determine the play. It ended up being an interception. But this should help the Bears get more get deeper down the field. They're a very short ball offense and almost immediately with Foles, they were slinging it almost too hard. Like there was all they they almost need to ease off the throttle a little bit. But when you're down 16, of course, that's what you've got to do. And they played like they were running out of time. It was it was different, very different and maybe positive for the Bears. I can imagine. So why the Falcons can't intercept these ridiculously easy to intercept throws from Foles. I'm talking like back to like the 2017 divisional game and like also how the pyramids were built are like to a planet Earth's like greatest mysteries. Come back aside and you look at the that the highlight reel probably looks fantastic for Foles. But are you concerned Mm -hmm. that this is like kind of what the Falcons do and they must ample opportunities to make Foles pay? So uh, sort of, but I've been watching a quarterback have missed opportunities (laughs) to make him pay for the last two years. So the upside that we get with Foles, like Mitch Trubisky doesn't throw that Anthony Miller touchdown. Mitch Trubisky does throw three potential interceptions against Detroit and all of them get dropped. I mean, I've been down this road. I am fine with Foles doing that stupid thing he 
did where he rolled out left and threw a duck to Jimmy Graham that just squeaks through somehow. And I mean, hey, that's who he is. It's who I've seen in Philadelphia, too, when I went back and studied all his film. So if I can get more potential touchdowns, more of those gorgeous jump balls, less of the overthrows, because if you've watched Trubisky a lot, you know that any throw about 20 yards downfield, it's it's just a little too far. Maybe if the receiver had laid out for it, maybe if he'd run harder, (laughs) maybe, maybe, maybe we can put the maybes aside and let Foles just chuck the rock. And I'm sure we'll turn the ball over more. But if we can score more points, I'm fine with that. So the Bears are 3-0, and and it feels silly asking this right after I say that. Um, in your in your view, does, does the change to Foles make the Bears team a legit contender? Contender is weird because I don't even know. We finally get to see Matt Nagy's offense. Remember, this is a guy coming out of Kansas City that was hailed as, uh, to use a word, the next Doug Peterson, like the next big offensive mm-hmm. mind. And immediately he's had two offenses now, one that was like bottom five in the league and the other that was 22nd by most metrics, all tied to this quarterback, Trubisky. Foles comes in. I think he has the opportunity to be the perfect Nagy baseline. He's not good. Don't get it in your eyes that he's good. He's just competent. He's a professional quarterback. And if Trubisky proves to be not a professional quarterback, that's a huge upgrade at the game's most important position. It's like moving from an actual, like, think a trash can that you sit in the middle of a hockey goal to a goalie. It's it's a big change when you get somebody that can really manage the offense. And this is Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson's opportunity to shine. And it's a huge bummer treat. Cohen got hurt because I thought he was about to explode. Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts.